Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I, uh, last night felt compelled, I guess you'd say, to go back and listen to the first message of 2020. And to see, you know, I know kind of what I've said. I kind of know what Holy Spirit spoke through me. And we've brought up those things quite a few times. Um, but I wanted to know exactly what he said. I feel, like, I feel like so many times in chaotic moments and confusion, we're always looking, Yahweh, give, us, give me some clarity. What's going on in this day? Give me something to, uh, to, to pray into. Show me what, you know, what you're doing in this day. Why are things so chaotic? And oftentimes I find in myself that he already has. And my ability to perceive it correctly, to see it rightly, does not change the promise. Just because I don't see it today and I don't understand it does not mean that the word needs to change, that he needs to shift and say, well, I didn't quite get it. I know it's a little crazy. I didn't quite mean this, but if you add this here, then, then you can kind of make sense of it. He's not looking for us to make sense of something. He's trying to make us go back and see what he said in the first place. And so I went back last night and I listened to, to what Holy Spirit spoke through me in that day. And I want to go back over that. And one of the things uh, that I started with is talking about we don't go from 2019 to 2020. In the kingdom, we go from glory to glory. Yahweh's not sitting up there going, okay, 19, and okay, now they're in 20, so now let's change everything up. Though there are significant things prophetically that can be seen there, but we need to be able to perceive and understand that the kingdom does not go seasonally and up and down, and this was a good year, and then a bad year, and then a bad year, and then a good year, and this is just going to be a different year, and this is going to be a different year over here, but he actually just says, Everything is good, and I go from glory to a greater glory to a greater glory, and the kingdom is ever increasing and never decreasing. So I, I knew in that time that everybody was, they had the prophetic word of getting 2020 vision. I mean, just if you want to talk about some low hanging fruit, you are a prophet, there is no question. You got it. Not really downing it, but I just want to know, like, if they're adjusting their glasses right now. You know, 2020 vision, what's that look like? Is he speaking to you what that actually means now? And one of the things that Yahweh spoke to me in that time, and I was, I was really not looking for a word for 2020, um, but uh, I, I believe Joanne, I think I said, brought up this, uh, she had seen all the the parties going into 20, the, the New Year parties were all themed after the Roaring Twenties. And Yahweh had been speaking to me so much about the Lion of Judah and the roar. And through my little Leo at the time, um, just his, his roar. And, and he was all about lines, and he still is all about lines and all about being loud too. But, uh, but we, we labeled this, this thing as the Roaring Twenties. That was our word that we were standing on, is this is the roaring 20s. And Yahweh did something crazy prophetically to me, and I, I haven't really put this together until just now, but I had eye surgery at the very beginning of 2020, and I was supposed to get it at the end of 2019. Um, and I, uh, you know, Eva and I, we, we, we went and got a consultation, did, you know, did all the things you're supposed to do, and I was looking forward, I was like, I want to be done in 2019 with glasses, like I just want to move in. I'm sick of my eyes being all weird. I just want to, I want to step in and, and go into 2020 just feeling good and being done. And I remember even thinking, saying to her at one point, like, I can't, I'm excited that Christmas morning I'll have to wake up and try to get all these eye drops and glasses and do all that kind of stuff. I can just go down, see my kids, open presents and everything. And that did not work out. Um, it got pushed to the beginning of 2020, but the surgery I had to get was not just typical LASIK surgery. I might have told you this, if you have a squeamish stomach, go to the bathroom. Remember, they're, you know, usable today, so you can, uh, or close your ears, but there's a difference between what I got, which is called PRK, and, and then what's typical, which is LASIK surgery. And what they do with LASIK surgery is there's this thin, clear uh, membrane over your eye called the epithelium, I believe is how you say it. And with LASIK surgery, what they do is they, 
cut a little flap. This is horrible. They fold it back and then they correct the cornea with the laser and then they fold that flap back over. And you can pretty much see Zach is squeamish. That's all right. It's understandable, Zach. <laughs> you can pretty much see, you know, perfectly right then. I mean, it, 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 there might be a little haze, and, but it's a really quick uh, recovery process. But he told me that because I have, I think it was I had a, a thin cornea or something was different, he needs to do a surgery called PRK. And the, the thing with PRK is that it's actually a, a lot of a, a really good surgery in the long run. A lot of uh, pilots, they make get PRK surgery, um, but the problem with it is that it's a little bit more painful and a, a lot more recovery time. It takes about, I think they said about 14 days till you feel a little bit normal, and it takes up to two months before you can really feel like you see good. Um, so I wasn't excited about that. But what they do with PRK, and this is going to get even worse, if you, if you didn't like the flap conversation, you're not going to like this one. What they do with PRK is they actually scrape the epithelium off, completely gone. Has to be a completely gone, ripped away lens. And they actually put bandages that are just contact lenses over your eyes until that grows back. I believe that what Yahweh was giving me in that time is, is, is a prophetic gesture of saying, in 2020, you cannot look through the same lens. I'm not going to allow you to even have a remnant of what it used to look like. You're not going to be able to see things the same way that everybody else sees them because you're going to have a completely different lens in which to view them from. And from that, he gave us the roaring 20s. The roaring 20s. I started, uh, I then went to this, this story that y'all have heard me speak so many times about, well, I think only twice, so give me a break, but that, the, about the lion that's in captivity. You all know this story, I'll, I'll, I'll be quick, but that this wealthy philanthropist purchased this lion from the San Diego Zoo because he went there to make an investment instead seeing this wild animal locked in a cage going eight steps to the left, eight steps to the right, eight steps to the left, eight steps to the right. He just decided he wanted to buy that lion, fly him to the African savanna and watch him be released and free him and paid a huge price to do that. When they got there, he met the lion at the cage, uh, I'm sure in protected um, cars or whatever. They open up that cage and that lion stepped out very boldly and he took eight steps to the left and eight steps to the right. And eight steps to the left and eight steps to the right. The point being that you can be wild, you can be designed wild and never be free. And I believe that there was, there was this year something that the wild ones were going to experience freedom. That the wild ones might experience some freedom. And we actually offered up that sacrificial shout of joy that we have done so many times over this past year, which is that even that David said that I, I lifted my head above my situation and I and I lifted up a sacrificial shout of joy. And from that sacrificial shout of joy, his joy came in. And so we roared and we and we all in unison, I counted to three and we all just yelled and and it was, it was loud and obnoxious and awesome. And then my son, Leo, it gets quiet. See, I went back and watched all this stuff, and it, and it just hit me so hard, so that's why I'm going back through it. And I, I would encourage you to go back and look at it. But Leo's over there, and he just stops when everything gets quiet, and he just, Rah! he believes in the power of the roar, which comes from a show based off of the Lion King, where this one lion is the leader of the Lion Guard and his, the ancestors of the past, when he opens his mouth to roar, they actually back him up. And his roar changes everything. His roar defeats enemies. His roar changes landscape, makes things shift and move. And Leo genuinely believes and believed then that if he roared, something's gonna drop. Something just happened. And in that moment, I just said, what, what if we believe that? Like had the faith of a child that when we roared, when we shouted, when we prayed, when we, when we entered into that sacrificial shout of joy, 
that things were changing, that things were shifting, that the cloud of witnesses were coming behind us and roaring alongside of his, uh, and, uh, alongside us, and that actual, the land, the enemies in front of us, any situation that we face was being shifted and changed by the power of our roar. And that's why we were stepping into the roaring 20s. And I want to tell you some specific things that I actually said. I said, this will be the greatest year of our lives. I still can't say that without somebody chuckling, myself included. And that's what I've said multiple times since. I've said, this will be the greatest year of our lives. This will be the greatest year of our lives. But I didn't add on what I said that day, which was this. This will be the greatest year of our lives, but it's going to cause us, in fact, force us to change the way that we think, for the kingdom is at hand. I then said, there's going to be a degree of faith, a degree of trust that we will need this year. It's not that we will be absent of circumstances. It's that we were designed, created to be more than overcomers. I said, I believe, I believe that we are going to be baptized into the roaring 20s. I didn't know why I said that. I just I believe that we're going to be have to be baptized into the roaring twenties, completely submerged into the roaring twenties. And finally, I said, above all else, guard your hearts and your minds, because everything that we do in this year will flow from that place. So the greatest year of our lives, but it's going to cause us to change the way that we think. Why? For the kingdom is at hand. The greatest year of our lives, we can all jump on board with that until it makes us change the way that we think. Until it starts to shake up the norms. Until it starts to look chaotic. Then I can't marry the two. I, don't, I can't make sense of the greatest year of my life when I've had all these great years and there's been great times and there's all these things I can think about in greatness, but we're getting a new measuring rod for greatness. And it's starting to look like, is there an influence of the kingdom starting to permeate the earth in a different way than it ever has? Is there a greater degree of presence in my life, in the lives that are, that are around me, in the land that's around me? Is, are things shifting? Do they look different than they did yesterday? And it starts to look really great things start to fall into place. So I said, it's going to be the greatest year of our lives, yet it's never been a more chaotic year that I can think of. Even in, 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 in modern history, there hasn't been this kind of a year, except for one year, that my great prophetic amazing friend Alicia reminded us of in the Call of the Wild meeting. That year was 1920. The start of the Roaring Twenties. Coming off of World War I, our economy was in shambles. We were at the tail end of the Spanish flu, which is still the most deadly pandemic that's ever hit the nation, the world. 17 to 50 million people lost their lives. And what were the symptoms? They were flu-like symptoms. Fevers, running noses, coughing, trouble breathing. They made them wear masks. <laughs> they had to wear masks. Go back and look, look at the pictures. Seventeen to fifty million people lost their lives, and some people argue that it was more like a hundred to hundred and fifty million people lost their lives. The country this nineteen twenty, the roaring twenties that we all know it to be, prohibition is introduced and gangs and mobs take over the country and, and cities to the degree that there is the worst crime and violence this nation has just about ever seen outside of war. 
people fearing for their lives, can't go out in the dark, can't just go to a movie. There's people that are not listening to the law. There's not law enforcement because they're in a war with mobs and gangsters. Oh, and then there was the introduction or reintroduction and rise of the KKK, causing the most social unrest and division and racism that this country has ever seen. That, my friends, was 1920. And Alicia's point was that if we are not able as kingdom sons and daughters to see with kingdom eyes and to see what Yahweh's actually doing in a day like this, history just repeats itself. Now that in the natural produced and made way for the roaring 20s, which is some of the greatest economic growth and some of the greatest growth in technology and, and changes in, in, in our history and everything else that this world has ever seen or this nation has ever seen. And I believe that what is taking place right now, what we have walked through, what we are going through right now, is making way for the Roaring Twenties. Because the Roaring Twenties is not 1920. It's not just 2020. We've got a decade of the Twenties. And how we respond today and how we are able to see today will determine what roar you're hearing in the 20s. Because there is the Lion of Judah roaring. But there's also the enemy who is like a lion, roaring, prowling. There you are, I hadn't seen you, I've been looking for you. What do you see? Is it all darkness? Or is there a life in you producing light that the darkness cannot overcome? We are called to be more than overcomers. We were called to be the ones that produced the roar in the roaring 20s from the Lion of Judah. And there are people right now acting like this is the worst year that has ever happened. It's why we chuckle. It's why there's a meme after meme and joke after joke about the 20s and 1920 or 2020 being the worst year ever. Just depends on what perspective you have. Remember, it's not our ability to see what he says that changes his promise. The promise stays the same. He spoke to us through a completely ripped off lens, completely needed to be renewed into a new lens. He spoke that these are the best days. These are the greatest days of your life. Not based on the circumstances, but based on the ability and your, and your measuring rod of greatness. Based on your ability to see what I'm doing in the earth. And if this land, if this earth, if this country is shaking, it is because... He is good. Because he is good and his mercies endure forever. Forever. So even when we don't quite see it yet, guess what? We're entering into the fall of 2020. I think that there's so much prophetic significance for kingdom sons and daughters in this last bit of 2020 that will determine in your heart how you see the rest of the 20s, how you see them roaring. Which way, against you or for you? Are you with the roar or is the roar against you? Is it shaking you up or are you shaking things up? So these are the greatest years or the greatest year of our life if we can see it, it's going to produce the roaring 20s. That's what we're stepping into. And see, I'm getting dripped on right now. You might be too. This is the thing I was talking about. We have to get these coverings fixed. They've started to. We're in. Just going to produce, need a degree of faith and trust. You know what I mean? It's going to cause us to change the way that we think for the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these other things will be added to you. The kingdom, the kingdom of God. But what is the kingdom? It's us. Now, what, what's actually, the, when Yeshua himself speaks the word kingdom, 
we assume we know it because we base it off of natural kingdoms and what we think. But the kingdom, the word kingdom there is not a place. The word kingdom there is not a person. And it's not even a realm as our super spiritual people want to call it. It's just it's a realm. And at the same time, it's all of those things. But what the word kingdom is that, that Yeshua would have used there is an uh, Aramaic word that says, that's called Malkut. And that word Malkut means absolute sovereignty, image, and nature of Yahweh. So seek in this day the absolute rulership, the absolute image, the absolute nature of a good, good, all-powerful, all-knowing, creative father who has this whole thing in his hands, who understands exactly what is going on. So it's going to cause us to change the way that we think for his nature is on its way, and it's not stopping. It's roaring in, in the roaring 20s, and this thing is shifting and changing, and this is not an inspirational message. This is exactly what is going on if you have eyes to see, if you have ears to see or hear what he's doing right now, what he's doing in this time. It's, it's causing us to literally change the way that we think, to change my mind. If you are set on how things are going right now and it doesn't reflect the goodness in the true malkut of Yahweh, You need to change. You need to ask him to come in and shift the way that you think. Change the way that you think. Or you'll always perceive it the way that you're perceiving it. And that's why we go into this political realm of beware of the leaven of of the Pharisees and of Herod. Beware of of the religious and the political worlds because they just, it's not that they're all, all in bad. It's just that leaven that gets into your heart that starts to produce a fake truth, a fake reality. The reality of the kingdom, which literally means reality in Hebrew, means that which is sought. And I'm not this big Hebrew, Aramaic scholar, but I am about understanding the original of what he's actually saying. And not just speaking a a scripture because that sounds good. Because we assume we know what it's talking about and then we don't see it because it doesn't match up with our natural understanding of what, that, what he was trying to say. Oftentimes it's so much deeper, so much bigger, so much greater. And if we can see it for what it actually meant, then maybe we can seek that thing. So the reality of the kingdom, the reality in Hebrew means that which is sought. Change the way that you think. Change the way that you think. We have, Yahweh is a God of mercy. And, and it's not like, oh, you don't get it in 2020, so you're all doomed. It's not that. But what an opportunity this people has to step into to greatness at the end of this year, of the end of 2020, that is going to catapult us, launch us into the roaring 20s. So kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There has to be a kingdom that comes. There has to be a malkut, a nature, an image, an understanding of absolute, all-powerful, all-knowing, amazing Yahweh God, Abba Father. There has to be that in order for his will to be done. On earth as it is in heaven. That means that in heaven, this is what's going on. The realm of heaven, his kingdom, his who he is has come in to a degree that produces his will. And and what the Bible is saying, what Yeshua is telling us there is that we need to pray into the fact that we need this goodness and this glory and this image to show forth here so that his will can be done. We are those vessels. We are the gateway. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, so that the king of glory can can come in. So what's his kingdom and his will looking like? It's the king of glory, the light coming forth through us who are convinced that there's a good, good father and are convinced that even though all these people are telling us to act and to act and to react and to do something and Yahweh speaks to us and says, son, daughter, wait. 
Because all I want to do is have the most in love, incredible relationship with you. I want your heart. I want your mind. I want you. And through that, I'm going to do the most incredible things. Don't worry about all the smoke and mirrors around you right now. Don't be pulled into everything else. Be pulled into my heart. He's wooing us in this day. It's why we're all focused on the one thing have I desired. It's why in the biggest day of calamity that we've experienced, that these people in uh, Louisiana are experiencing, that we sat out there with these weird birds flying over over us in this incredible moment and Yahweh says one thing have I desired and in the midst of chaos if you can just get back to the one thing have I desired your heart then all this other junk just does not make sense anymore well he's a God of order we got to focus on the order. We need to vote the right person in and so that everything can change. Listen, as an American, go vote. As a kingdom son and daughter, know that it doesn't matter if it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump in that office. You being on fire with a presence that is, that is absolutely tangible changes everything. It is not them. It is not them, though we've given them that place. It's time for kingdom sons and daughters to rise up and realize you have the authority. You are the Malkut. He says, the Bible tells us the kingdom of God is within us. So his nature, his image, his absolute authority and rule lies within you. And we better start acting like it. So like I said, vote on November 3rd. Do it. I'm going to do it. I think it's important. But at the end of the day, if who I wanted to win doesn't win, I'm not going to cry like a little baby because I also know that the king of absolute authority is still seated on the throne and there ain't no vote with that one. So vote, but please vote in peace and don't get caught up in the swirl of all this junk that's going on right now. Change the way that you think the kingdom is at hand. And he started that with this people right here that are still sitting in the remnants of a hurricane. kingdom's not a place. It's not a realm. It's not a person. The kingdom is him. The kingdom is his nature and his image and his sovereignty, his power and his glory. That's the kingdom of God. That's what's coming through you. And his order, if you're expecting all this stuff to look orderly and why is everything chaotic around and everything else, I just, you know, be careful. You're talking about the creator of creativity. His order might look like your chaos. If you can't see him, if you can't understand his malchut, if you can't understand the nature of God and what he's actually doing when he said to us, get ready, the roaring 20s are coming. This is going to be the greatest year of your lives. If you can't see that for what he actually sees and you can't let him scrape that epithelium off of your eyes, sorry, Tamara, sorry, Zach. If you can't allow that thing to be scraped off and allow some new lens to come over your eyes, you will never see this. You will will label this as the worst decade, the worst year that you've ever experienced. And I just am not going to live that way. Because guess what? If I don't get it, Frank and Leo and Mila don't get it. And if you don't get it, Frank and Leo and Mila don't get it. We got to get past this me, 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 my time, my time, my time, and realize that's their time. And it's our ability to pass this thing on. And what are we passing on? A building? No, no. But these buildings would be awesome when they get them. But pass on the nature and the goodness that our kids are raised knowing you have a good, good father. And it's not your, what you do and how you act. And, and, and if you mess up all those things, it doesn't change the nature and the goodness of the father. And my love for my boys when they get in trouble, when they're running around like crazy, does not change. My love is even stronger. Jonathan and I were talking about how when, when we bring order to our, our boys, specifically our boys, they always, they always tend to get closer to us. It's just how it is. They get in trouble, in a lot of trouble, and there's, they, they want to come sit with you at the table. They want you to lay next to them at, in bed. 
And as sons and daughters, when there's chaos and there's things going, we need to be able to recognize that what he's doing actually is, it's chaotic, but he's putting these things into order. His order, not ours, not our understanding. But he's lining us up and his order is starting to pull us back in and see who we are, who we are. Who, who, not, not who we're gonna be. You're full of life now. You're full of passion. That's how he made you. We just need to let that thing happen. We just need to let it happen. We just need to let him move. And so I'm going to step in here to um, something that's been on my heart, and I believe that this will, I'll be fairly quick on this. We're not outside, so you know my rule about an hour doesn't apply anymore. Sorry. There are pros and cons, you know what I mean? <laughs> what would you say? Pros and pros, there you go. I'm, I might as well be standing outside right now. I'm getting just hit by the rain. <laughs> it's good. It's a blessing, Caroline, right? Well, she's not here. She told me about the rain whenever it rained the other day when we were talking about the memorial stone being blessing, the evidence of his blessing. Such a cool, cool moment. That moment was reminiscent of the birds flying over us that day. Um, all right, I'm going to start Revelation 1.12 out of the Passion Translation. This is John. It says, When I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, I saw seven golden lampstands. And walking among the lampstands, I saw someone like a son of man wearing a full-length robe with a golden sash over his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, white as glistening snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were gleaming like bright metal as though they were glowing in a fire. And his voice was like the roar of many rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. And his face was shining like the brightness of the blinding sun. When I saw him, I fell down at his feet as good as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, and I heard his reassuring voice saying, Don't yield to fear. (laughs) Can you see it in this day? Don't yield to fear. I am the beginning and I am the end, the living one. I was dead, but now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys that unlock death in the unseen world. Now I want you to write what you have seen, what is and what will be after the things that I reveal to you. The mystery of the lampstands and the seven stars is this. The seven lampstands are the seven churches. And the seven stars in my right hand are the seven messengers of the seven churches. So now we're in 2 verse 1. That was a build up to this. Write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Ephesus. For these are the words of the one who holds the seven stars firmly in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know all of you, I know all that you've done for me. You have worked hard and persevered. I know that you don't tolerate evil. You have tested those who claim to be apostles and prove they are not. They were imposters. I also know how you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name. Yet you have not become discouraged. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. I will come to you and I will remove your lampstand from its place of influence if you do not repent. Although, to your credit, you have despised the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also despise. The one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying now to all of the churches. To the one who overcomes, I will give access to feast on the fruit of the tree of life that is found in the paradise of God. I believe that I believe this is a a now word for this house. I believe this is what he has done. We have done order super well. We have. We've done the judging thing super good. We've stood up for his name, we've declared his real name. 
Revelation after revelation, we've, we've done all of these things, and I believe what he did that day in the hurricane and what he's producing in this people constantly is a call, a beckoning back to the first love. That's that scripture in your New King James or other versions. It says, return back to your first love. Because outside of that, it does, nothing else really matters. If you don't know the one thing, I don't care, I've said this before, but I don't care about an opinion that wasn't rooted in holiness, that wasn't found in holiness, that wasn't birthed out of a place called set apart holy unto him in the garden face to face. I don't care about an opinion. It's just not something that edifies me or builds me up, but for those that focus in on the one thing or being wooed back to his heart, back to his love, back to the first love, what this thing was all about day one. There's going to be a new look to this whole thing. A new vision for you, a new vision for me. How important was it to Yeshua? He said he referred to the churches as lampstands, golden lampstands. Golden lampstands were used by the uh, Levitical priests when they would go into the tabernacle. They would light those things so that they could share bread in the dark. Two things which are referred to as Yeshua. Yeshua says, I'm the bread of life. If anyone comes to me, he'll never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. And then as we said earlier this morning, that I am the life, or that he is the life, in him is life, and that life is the light to all mankind. Darkness cannot quench, cannot overcome that light. So he is the light and he is the bread. And he's referring in this time to lampstands as the churches, which he also says in here is a place of influence. It is so vital and so important to Yeshua, I believe. It is so vital and important uh, to Yahweh, to Abba, that we understand the love thing, the relationship thing. So vital that he says, if, if not, not like how we always try to read it, because you got to have the right lens. I always read that. If you don't repent, I'm taking your lampstand away from you. Is that how he's saying it? Or is he, if he, is he saying like, hey, if you, if you can't see this, if, you don't, if you're not going to change the way that you think, I, I don't want that to represent me to the earth. I, I, I no longer need to have you as, as an influencer in the kingdom because this is what it's all about. And just because you have the order, he commended them in the beginning. You are great at all of these things, but I do have this one thing against you, which is the one thing that you need to return back to your first love. And so I I truly feel this call, this beckoning back for this house. Why? Because his church is a place of influence. This tribe is meant to be a place of influence. This tribe has got to change the way that we think for the kingdom is at hand. And I believe he's beckoning us back to this love thing. Sounds all wishy-washy, whatever, if you don't see it. But Yeshua saw it as the most important thing. What are, what are the greatest commandments? I'll give you two. Love your God with all your heart, soul, everything within you, and also love your neighbor. <laughs> We've gotten one of them wrong because the neighbor thing's not working out today. So maybe he's calling us back to the first love. Because through that first love, we're going to show a new love to this entire culture. And we're going to become a lampstand, a church. I agree with everybody. Church is declaring the church age is over. And it's, it's church, church, church. And this millennial culture is fed up and done with church. I mean, just done with it. Sick of it. It's been fake for too long. It's been just order and this and this and this and this. And if you don't have this... Always a little bit off. And even when you do have this, you're still a little bit off because I need to be able to kind of make that fear thing come in you so that I can control the way that you think. And he's telling us to change the way that we think because I want a new blueprint, a new wineskin for this entire thing. Because from the new church, from the kingdom, from tribes coming together, it's going to start to permeate the county, permeate the state, permeate the nation and permeate the world until the goodness and the kindness of Yahweh, till the malchut of Yahweh covers the earth like the waters cover the sea. That, my friends, being the whole purpose. We host him. <laughs> we, we host, we're a lampstand. We host the presence. We host the light. Our problem is we've been confused to think we're supposed to host an opinion. 
that we got to be right about every current event. We have to make a stand. It's why he has pulled this people and this tribe into waiting. Can you see how, how contrary that word is to what's going on today? It's so contrary. But the Bible promises us, promises us that it's different than the world. Waiting in the world, when you have to wait, your strength's going to go down, going to get you a little weaker, a little more frustrated, a little bit agitated. But in the Bible, in biblical order, in his order, says that if you will wait on the Lord, I will renew your strength. You will mount up on wigs like eagles. You'll run and never grow weary. We got to see that there's a different promise. You can subscribe to this world or you can subscribe to his world. And I, my friends, and I believe that this tribe is subscribing to his world and his rule, his Malchut. And, I, and I, uh, I've been so moved by this, and I, we talked a little bit about this too, and I'm, I'm closing soon, but we talked about this in our Call to the Wild meeting just recently, and it's, it's what is, what's, what is the, what's the gauge? I'm just going to tell it how it happened because I came in two weeks ago kind of trying to decide, like, with all this stuff, guys, like, do y'all want to still do this? I mean, I know we got kids starting school and, you know, and, and so, like, I just want to know if it's important to you. And, and, and Mr. Shiloh over here quickly correct didn't correct me, but he corrected my thing. He changed the way that I think. Let's say it that way. He... Uh, he started to talk about, we were like, you know, we've declared this is the greatest year of our lives and this, that, and the other. And he goes, well, let, let me just tell you something. I want this. Because this is, is what, it, I, I, this is the greatest year of my life. Why? Because he's so much more real to me than he's ever been before. I can feel him in this day like I've never felt him before. He speaks to me in a different way than he's ever spoken to me before. I'm more alive today than I ever have been before. So let me tell you, this is the greatest day of my life. This is the greatest year of my life. And from that word, we started to talk about a new measuring rod for success, for greatness. Emily Grammer told me I could share this story, so I'm going to share it. Sweetest girl in the entire world. And I love Emily. We all love Emily. She, uh, she was about to be, about to be leaving soon, um, and, she, and she came to me from one of these Call the Wild meetings, and she came with tears in her eyes, and I was like, what's wrong? She was like, well, it's not that something's wrong, everything's right, and I feel like I want you to baptize me. So what did I say? We're going to be baptized into the Roaring Twenties. And so she came up to me and she said, I feel, I feel like I need to be baptized, and I said the religious thing that most people say, well, haven't you been baptized before? And I, you know, instead of trying to go, well, you know, well, tell me, like, the theology behind that, and is it, am I allowed to get baptized again? I did when I was a kid, but, like, am I allowed to get baptized again? Is Yahweh going to not like me? Did it not stick the first time? For a lot of people, it didn't stick the first time, so maybe keep getting baptized. But I asked her this, this thing, I, I, I said, I said what, why, why do you feel you need to get baptized? And she, this was her response, this was it, because he's more real today than he was yesterday. I feel like, I feel such an authentic presence that I've never felt in my life. I feel him so strongly that I feel like the only way to respond is to almost get my salvation back. Like, it is as if I never even had it, it's that real. It's so different that I just feel like I need to respond by being baptized. Will you baptize me? And I said, absolutely, 100%, I'll do that. And she said, well, I want to be baptized in, in living water. You've been speaking about living water and, and how in, in Hebraic culture, they, it wasn't just stagnant water, stagnant pools. It had to be water that was living, a spring or a river or wh- whatever it might be. It had to be living water. So she wanted to maybe try the Gulf or a river. And at the time, every, we only had a certain amount of time before she was going to go off and she wanted to get it done before she left. So we first looked at the Chipola River which my grandfather gave us some awesome land on there that we love so much. And I was like, this would be a beautiful place. I mean, it's just going to have all the fields. Let's do it there. Okay, great. But the river was so high, it just wouldn't be safe. And then every single time we tried to go out to the Gulf, it was double red flags. And it's like, well, and she was like, well, we could still do it. I mean, it's not like, I'm like, no, you don't want to, that's going to take away from the moment just a little bit. If you're like, I baptize you in the name of the, you know. 
the, the goal is that you go under, but you come back up. So like, so we, let's not, let's not do that. Um, so she's just like, I really want to do that. And, uh, and then the Jordans have incredible, incredible property on Prosper Road that we've talked about a lot. And they have a gorgeous lake out there. And I said, listen, let's do this in the lake if they're good with it. And of course they were. And she was like, you know, it's not, it wasn't the thing I thought about, like, you know, as far as living water. I said, the Jordans live on that land. It's living water, I promise you. And, I, and so I was like, so we went out there and, um, and she finds out that this thing is fed by a spring. It is living water, which is incredible and awesome. And uh, so it was one of the more power, just family, and uh, it, it, it was like a wedding. That's what it felt like. It was, felt like a wedding, and it, which is, 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 is about right, the bride of Christ. And, uh, and so I held her hand, I walked down the sandy beach down to the lake, and we got in about waist deep, and we were overcome with the the feeling that we were joining in not to just the time, not just a religious thing, but actually something that happened in a period of time and continuously happens. He was the lamb slain before the beginning of time. This is a, time is a weird thing and we know it as one way that our, our minds can understand it, but it's actually this continuous moment that we took part in. It'd be like the best way our mind could, just, to, could think about this, not to get spooky on you, but it'd be like, a, a time travel moment, but it's actually just something that's continuously happened, that there was a moment where the lamb was slain, and when you go under the water, it says that we were co-buried with him, not as, not as a demonstration, but we're co-buried with him, and when we come out of that water, we are co-resurrected with him, that we are tapping into that same spirit in that same moment, and when she came out of that water, we were both in tears, and I just told her, I believe that you're the first fruits of what's going to come to this tribe. I don't know how this is going to take place, and you're not being forced into anything. But at some point coming up in the near future, we are going to have a baptism. And, you, and here's the reason to get baptized. You haven't been baptized before. If, if you, you should get baptized. Secondly, if you just feel this word and you feel this in, in, the, in the roaring 20s, you feel like something just, I need to be submerged into something new. That's one reason. And then the third reason is because you want to. If you just want to, if you don't really know, but you just want to respond in some way, stop with the religious thinking of that Yahweh is going to be mad because you've, this is the seventh time you got baptized. And I got baptized in the wrong name, and now I'm going to get baptized in the right name. And this, it's not about that. This is being baptized into the roaring 20s. This is scraping a lens off that you've carried for so long. And we are going to baptize this tribe into the roaring 20s. And so I don't know what that's going to look like, and I don't have a plan for that, but I'm going to tell you it's happening, and I would pray into that. I would let Holy Spirit speak to you about that. Let's get the musicians back up here. Everybody good? I have, every time I think about one thing, have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. When I think about that scripture, I can't help but see young David. The song, I asked them to sing this, I think this week, whatever, but they, they've got it this week and, we're, uh, and they've been singing it, so I've been listening. And one of the most powerful moments in this song is, is towards the end, and it, it, there's such, such a crescendo, but it actually, the song dies down, and it just, it says, just take me back. When I was, to where I was young. Let me get the words so I know for sure. Thank you. So take me back, back to the beginning, when I was young, running through the fields with you. And I just think about David, young David in that day. And knowing David in that day, it was not really a thing where you just walked in relationship with Yahweh. 
there was a priesthood and the tabernacles and a little boy in the field having a relationship with a mighty God was outside of the norm. And if he spoke that theology or told that to other people, they would say, you're out of order and you're wrong. But David found him in a field. The simplest form. He didn't go by all the rules. He didn't do everything that he didn't go to the priest and all that. He, he found the heart of the father in the field and the rest of his life, he was after that heart. And Yahweh saw it from that day. Now, David was a man who was rejected. We give, we give so many people, you either know David as the mighty warrior who did all these things and a man after Yahweh's own heart, or you know him as kind of a troubled soul who did a lot of things wrong. And we either preach him one way or the other, and we talk about mercy and everything else. But we give a lot of people in the natural more of a past that have gone through way less things than David did. We, we justify their actions because we're like, well, they didn't have a father. They didn't do this. And, you know, Yahweh sees mercy or whatever. But David, David was a man who was rejected his entire life from the time Samuel came. And Jesse said, these are my sons. He wasn't even called to the party. Can you imagine your own father not calling you to the party? To say, I've got all these sons, but not the other one finally does for 13 years 15 years he never sees that throne he's just an anointed king a boy going through the trials of life and you have to know that in every moment when he's trying to figure this thing out how this whole thing makes sense he's got to be singing to himself and thinking to himself take me back to that day I just like all I want is to walk in those fields with you again When David offers up that sacrificial shout of joy, he obviously was in a moment where he needed to offer up a sacrificial shout of joy. When David was in a moment where he said, I put my ephod on and I separated myself from those things swirling around me. When David spoke to his soul multiple times in scripture, he says, quiet my soul, my hope is in the Lord. Praise, give praise and, and honor to Yahweh, my hope is in him. That's, he's always speaking to his soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. You find multiple Psalms where he's saying, speaking to that soul, speaking to his situation. And after that, he doesn't go, because you are a good boy. Because even though you did wrong, it's okay. Like, that's not who you are. You're, you're, you're a man after Yahweh's own heart. That's who you are. He doesn't talk about himself. He stops there with, after he says, to quiet my soul, my hope is in the Lord. He starts to talk every single time about who Yahweh is. The Malkut. That in every single trial, in every single situation, I need to separate myself and clothe myself in an ephod, which represents holiness. Separate myself from what every single person is telling me, what every single preacher is preaching. And I say this in all humility, but if you're listening to a bunch of voices, shut them off. I'm not saying that because I'm the, I'm the word to you. No, Yahweh is the word to you. But you're a part of this tribe. And, and, and people don't have, the other preachers who might be able to speak a great word and might be able to preach my socks off, a lot of them could, does not have the word for this house and this tribe. So I'm telling you that if you're joined to this tribe, listen to my voice and go back to some of these things. Go back to the promise of 2020 and say, I'm joined to that word. Otherwise, not because, not because I care about any kind of control or any kind of word. That's why Yahweh put me in this place. I don't have that in my body. The reason I say that is because if not, you're going to find yourself here, there, and everywhere, never knowing. I'm going to have to preach an inspirational message to you to get you up off the floor every single time. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's for you. And I just, I just implore you, I implore you to, to lock in with this tribe and lock into what Yahweh's doing because he's doing something unreal here. He is doing something that's incredible. Look around you. How's he doing something with this? Well, he found a boy in a field. That's all he needed to change the world. And Yeshua came from the lineage of David. So when he gives us a word of return to your first love, 
to let go of all these things and to stop being in strife and worry about what tomorrow holds and how this year is supposed to look. And then he says, listen to my voice when I said this is the greatest year of your life. It's not that the word needs to change, it's that your mind needs to change. To see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I'm telling you today, there is a swirling going on that can be in your hearts. I've felt it, I've touched it, I've tasted it. Many of those that I've been plugging into recently have touched it, have tasted it, have felt it. If you're not there, that's okay. But understand, it doesn't change that it's available. That he's moving unlike he ever has. And that it's not about this big complicated system and some great big theology. And there doesn't have to be the greatest message ever spoken every single week. And if you're feeling down, it doesn't mean that you just need to plug in the next preacher that can lift you up. It means get alone with the Father because that is exactly what he wants. He wants love. Return to the first love. You got all the order right? I don't care because I'm about to make it chaotic. And I just need you to know my heart. And if you know my heart, all of this chaos starts to look like order and all these things going wrong in your life actually start to see man this is just drawing me closer to your heart and that today is the greatest day I've ever been alive not based on the circumstances but based on the change that's taking place in my heart so take me back father why do we need to be baptized again is because I want to go back to that field I want to go back to that day when I first found salvation and I was like you ever get around someone who just found him They'll preach you to death. They're whirling in the dance. You ever found someone that first fell in love with someone? Can't stop talking about them. Can't stop whirling in that dance. Can't talk to them about anything else. Because they're so in love. They're so in love. When people get marriage counseling, the, the, the tactic you always hear that they use is, what made you love each other in the, first, in the first place? Because there's something, a tender thing that drew you together. And there was a tender moment that drew you together to Yahweh, to Yeshua. And I believe he's beckoning us back to that place. And he wants it to feel like the first time you ever found him. He wants you to feel like it is that real. And the only way you're going to feel that real is to scrape some of that callus off, to scrape some of that epithelium off, to get the new life, a new vision, a new uh, focus on what he's doing. So I am, I'm absolutely baptizing myself, my mind, my heart, my emotions, my soul is being baptized into the roaring twenties because this is our day. You want to know why? Take a deep breath in and breathe out. You were designed for now, today, right now. And the kingdom comes through you. His order and his chaos, our chaos, his order, his nature, his image, his holy power and authority comes through you. Amen. So let's, let's declare this. Let's stand up. I'm gonna receive your tithe and offering, but when you come up and, and give, I, I just ask you, go back to your seat and just sing this a few times. You don't have to stay the whole time. Remember, we're gonna have a basket back there for gifts if you wanna give into the hurricane relief thing. Um, and, and you can sing this as long as you feel and then, and then go out. But I, I just implore you, come give and, and then go, go get seated for a moment. Go get seated, stand up, raise your hands, whatever you gotta do, and just sing this. Yahweh, take me back, back to the beginning. When I was young, running through the fields with you. Amen? All right, I'm ready to receive. Guys, y'all can go. So take me back, back to the beginning. Receive it, Yahweh. First love, first love. Make us tender, make us like children, Father. I ask that you just take this word and let it sit in the hearts of everyone 
today, your word, not my word. Let it touch the heart of everyone here to realize that they were designed this way, to be wild, but also be free. That they were designed to be able to change the way that they think. That they're laying into you, that they're leaning into you with a greater degree of trust and a greater degree of faith as everything else around them swirls. They know that in your, like, right close eye to eye, face to face with you is where they need to be, where we need to be, next to your heart. Just let us be found in that field. Let that desire start to build and the flame start to grow. Let that be all we care about. Put everything else aside, opinions, beliefs, just you, Yahweh. We receive that today. We love you and we bless you. I bless you. Declare you're going to have a great week and that you're going to feel his presence in a greater degree than you've ever felt, which makes it the greatest days of your life. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org. 